video on before we started recording. Oh well. Too late now. This is the Tomato Tomato Podcast. This is a podcast about movies and the way that they're reviewed. And the way when I snap my fingers, we'll lose uh, half of our audience. I am your co-host, Chris, and with me is... Your other co-host, Jenna. Who who is still here despite the finger snapping. (laughs) Do we really want to lead with this? Because then it becomes like... Well, you know, people, if you're listening to this, you have already seen the movie. If, you are, if you're listening to a podcast about a movie before you see the movie, that's your own fault. We like, say spoilers in the description. This is going to be very spoiler heavy. I just wasn't sure if we wanted to lead with, like, the big takeaway. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us. <laughs> no, I just meant, like, in, in the intro. But this works. This is fine. Yeah. but yeah if you couldn't tell what we were talking about if you don't read episode descriptions if you haven't seen the movie stop we've already said too much seriously though we've already said too much but of course we are talking about the movie that we have been preparing for like the past month and a half of this podcast for some people 10 years well yes (laughs) us 10 years but like this podcast it's only been like a month yes um avengers infinity War. we couldn't even yeah (laughs) so it's 85 percent currently i let me emphasize currently refresh it again just to see yeah we're gonna refresh it now because it's still very early on it's still 85 there's still a lot of reviews Um, on wednesday it changed a percent a whole percentage point in the span of like five minutes which you've heard me rant before about rotten tomatoes announcing with much grandeur, the score of movies and how there's the initial score, and it means nothing because it's going to change in a day, two days, a week from now. All of this stuff is in flux, and especially with a movie like this where there was one major premiere screening, and that was like the first batch of reviews. Like everything that we got when the embargo lifted on Tuesday was all people who had been to the premiere so like of course it's going to be a little bit higher than where it is later on because you still had to have all of the audiences of like all the audiences of people go and see it either sometime this week or this weekend and so there are 239 reviews currently 203 oh yeah 239 i was looking at just the fresh sorry 203 are fresh 36 rotten the critic consensus is uh ably juggles a dizzying dizzying array of mcu heroes and the fight against their gravest threat yet and the result is a thrilling emotionally resonant blockbuster that parentheses mostly realizes its gargantuan ambitions 94 percent liked it audience score with a little over twenty-one thousand uh, users chiming in and an average rating of 4.7 out of 5 so more audience liked it than the critics, which is not surprising. And especially when you've seen people try to leverage the audience score for movies in the past of like, let's manipulate The Last Jedi's score and blah. Like with this movie, of course, people the people who are actively going to go seek out the, the page for this and vote their audience score are going to be the people who like really give a shit about this movie. Yeah, there's like, there's the two spectrums. It's you either really love it or you hate it. If you're in between, you're not going to be as likely to leave a review, comment, like, or whatever. 
Um, so obviously, overwhelmingly, most people love this movie or enjoy it on some level, and others don't. Surprisingly, we, we did an extensive search. <laughs> By extensive, I mean we scrolled through the reviews for like a couple minutes to look for Armin's review. <laughs> and we couldn't find it. Um, I'm a little disappointed. I, I wanted to see what Armin, like what parallels Armin had to draw between this and some socio-political like political thing that did not really exist. But in the process, we found a couple negative reviews that are very interesting. Yeah, so the first one we have is from AV Club, who, they're an outlet that I'll go back to every now and then, but they get too snarky for my taste sometimes. They, they, they're like, we're too cool for this, but we're a part of that they're like nerd half. They have, they have like one foot in the nerd blogosphere and like one foot in like the mainstream. Yeah, it's an interesting outlet, and this review comes from A. A. Dowd. Also, where you had scrolled for like the past minute, it was just like, oh, I'm just looking at <laughs> Black Panther's bulge. <laughs> yep, it was. It, that's what I was doing too. There's the banner image is everyone and then well not every okay everyone everyone is not a specific enough quantifier with this well, movie it's the, go to the link and then you'll see it and then the battle of wakanda dick <laughs> be blunt about it his dick is his cast member supporting cast member <laughs> um, i don't so. know about that <laughs> anyway so yeah a dowd wrote this review um what's the headline for it. The headline is Infinity War is just way too much movie for one Avengers movie. Which, like, okay, remember when this was announced and the whole mindset was that this was going to be two movies? Do you yeah. almost wish that that was what happened? N having read Gauntlet, I have not read Gauntlet, but you have. Do you wish that it, like, was as close to split in half as possible and then they told the entire story? Or, like, they did Gauntlet in one and Infinity in the other? This has more story than Infinity Gauntlet does. Okay. Infinity Gauntlet is very cut and dry and very simplistic. Yeah. Not that Infinity War isn't simplistic. It's Infinity War is... It, it takes the inspiration from many different stories, Infinity Gauntlet being one of the main ones for, as far as Thanos goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm fine with the way they kind of cut it down we don't know what number four is going to be and that's yeah we, fine. we will get to that when we talk about that later so but a a doubt he has to say um he he's he doesn't have a snarky tone right off the bat in invent in in infinity war the longest yeah. priciest and most crowded crowd pleaser ever to roll off of the marvel studios assembly line how is that not snarky <laughs> right off the bat you know a little facetious there but you know um it's, yeah, I don't get why reviewers have to, like, early on set the tone. Like, of, like, this is the level of snug you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and, like, be condescending from the yeah. get-go. It's like these reviewers just don't like these movies almost. Because, well, like... Quit sending the same people to review them. That That's a discussion for another day. Um... Like, it's interesting. Both of our negative reviews have this whole topic of, like, oversaturation. Because, like, he says, For the Avengers, strength comes in numbers, but can the same really be said for a movie that's trying to juggle this many characters even over the course of a roomy 156 minutes? Like, I personally, and, like, he, like you and I have talked about this for the past 24 hours-ish. This movie 
exceeded my expectations in terms of being able to juggle everything and very rarely drop the ball. This handled the large cast better than I anticipated. I expected a lot more back and forth and not so much chunks of following one plot thread for a good 10-15 minutes and then we're going to go back and revisit these people. I'm also um, curious with the runtime, like, because like you get sucked into it to the point where it feels like it's two and a half hours but it also doesn't at the same time. Yeah. I'm really curious, like, th like theoretically how long certain sequences actually ran. There was only one point where I felt like, oh wow, this is still going on but not in a bad way. What was it? It was, I don't remember the specific, but it was kind of getting building up to the third act ish kind of early on okay like within the last 40 minutes or so well that's kind of the thing is like okay we talk a lot on here about the marvel formula and about like the mindset of like all of the solo movies and to an extent even the team-up movies have a same sort of structure structure and bullet points that they need to hit and with this granted you still have the macguffin but like everything else kind of fades away because there's no consistent first second this, and third this everything. is the ultimate macguffin that the yeah. other macguffins have built up to this yeah MacGuffin. this is 10 years of macguffins but like in the process like the formula that that is kind of has plagued a lot of the solo movies is not here it's very clear like i don't know there's so much going on plot wise and so like you said so many long stretches of time of jumping from one thing to another that you don't feel like oh we're definitely in the first act we're definitely in the second like it just kind of feels like the story is going to keep going until it doesn't yeah uh, he says the privileging of quantity over quality of spectacle over story and of the shock value of major changes to the status quo Oh, just about everything else. Also, he says, Joss Whedon's original Avengers, which only had to toggle about six headliners, looks very self-contained by comparison to this. More of a test balloon for the shared universe concept than a true jamboree. Which, like, okay. It's amazing. So, so here's Joss, the thing. Joss Whedon's Avengers, the first one, has very minimal plot to it with a cast that is a quarter of the size of this one it manages. Granted, it's the... Um, for it's, the it's the length of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It... I, I, I have so many problems. Babe, please stop using... <laughs> for the listeners, Chris keeps, like, grabbing rubber bands and playing with them, and I keep throwing them across the room because they are distracting. But no, I, I love how quaint this makes the first avengers into it's like oh that's cute you had a small alien invasion with six heroes we're gonna literally kill your big bad in the first five minutes of this movie which like okay we can like i, I want to like dive into plot things in between kind of pulling apart these reviews because i yeah. feel like there's things that we have to comment on beyond just like the overall perception yeah. that people are kind of giving but like loki's death and that whole sequence... That was earned. That was earned. That was perfect. The way that, like, the fan... Or not even... not There's no fanfare. The, the title credit thing kind of starts, and you just get silence, and then the dispatch signal. Which, apparently, that was Kenneth Branagh. Fuck, who really? Who did that. The, the distress signal. Fuck. Yeah. That's great. Like, it was so great. It was very, like, I don't know. It was terrifying in a way that 
made sense and like added significance to that moment even as like both of us knew for like the past couple of months or like we have a feeling that because like they kept saying Thanos does something really awful in the first five minutes and I was like it's murdering all the Asgardians although apparently he only murdered half because you know Valkyrie, Korg, and me have to still be out there somewhere. They jumped on a jump ship and they're hanging out somewhere. Thank God for that, because like I was genuinely stressed watching that scene. I'm like, don't tell me we're gonna like pan over their dead bodies or whatever. <laughs> but but yeah, I just I love the little knocks that we get at Whedon's Avengers movies and the the way that they do seem really significant, like insignificant in comparison to this is like jarring and but I also appreciate it in a way. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, like, if the first Avengers movie was half of this level of insanity, if they just went all in with that kind of, like, how, what would have the reception been? Not in terms of, like, throwing all these characters together, yeah. but, like, holy shit, here's, like, all this craziness. Yeah, whereas, like, the first, like, Avengers plays it safe. It like, does. the first one is very low risk. You don't worry that anyone is going to die. Like, you're just... Yeah. It's mostly straightforward. Ultron is a mess. Like, it's a it's a mess that I have weird feelings about, which you can listen to our retrospectives to find out all of that. But, like, it makes me happy that those missteps in those movies that don't hold up as well, like, paved the way to this. Where, like, this says on here, Infinity War is the closest that, mo that a movie has come true to, like, a true comic book crossover event with massive arcs that unfold across multiple titles, blah, 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 blah. Whereas, like, I, I do feel like this movie has the ability to stand on its own in the way that, like, the gauntlet storyline does in the comics. Or, like, any other event thing is that, like, people actually like. Yeah, this is, like, you could easily just go back like years from now and just revisit the infinity war movie i mean you'd actually you'd probably want to watch four after but it's one of those things where it's it's nice if if you've been along for like the last 10 years and watched all the movies yeah it gives you so much more to glean from it and you're so much more invested in it well and i feel like even to an extent it plays out the way like a comic book event kind of does to where if you're going into an event and you really only give a shit about like one character yeah like if say if you didn't watch the thor movies yeah you could still watch this and enjoy you have it. a frame of reference for thor you yeah. have a frame of reference for most of the other characters in the movie where it's like, like oh i'm not if following you... this series yeah or this but i'm reading this this and this yeah exactly like it it makes it it benefits I don't know, it, it creates an extra benefit to all of the movies that have led up to this point while still kind of existing on its own. Yes, what else does Ao down? He calls um, Thanos a craggy account. <laughs> he says, to both its strength and its detriment, Infinity War never slows down. And he has a point there. Um, I mean, there's really not a lot of room for breathing. You have little moments... And little small personal moments like Rocket and Thor. I don't even think that. I think those things are necessary. I think the one part where this movie kind of lags, and we've talked about it, is the whole side arc with Thor and Rocket and Groot yeah. and Peter. That could have that been trimmed trip yeah. down. Yeah, because like, I loved Peter Dinklage. I love the like shifting of expectations by having him in this movie as the character I can't name, but you can. E-Tree. Yeah. I, like, I liked that in theory, but then when you cut from 
crazy ass battle on Titan to like the four of them just kind of walking around an empty dead planet. It was like, okay, I would have trimmed this a little bit because the energy kind of dipped down a little bit in comparison to everything else that was already happening. But like, even then I liked it. I I just, it's the only thing that I can similarly think of is something like in pick any Star Wars movie there's usually three simultaneous battles going on there's usually the one in space and the one on the ground yeah or in the case of like bad example Phantom Menace you have the one in the space you have the lightsaber duel and everyone else on the ground well okay so you you just raised an extra excellent point by like comparing that to Star Wars because like obviously the the main discourse is like this is the Empire Strikes Back of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and like of comic book movies and I honestly think that comparison is valid but you just saying that thing now makes me think the whole Thor storyline feels like the canto bite of this movie, where it's still like, but yeah, but I'm as sure. it but as if it plays out where it benefits the team instead yeah. of fucking shit up more. Because the first time I saw Last Jedi, I thought the canto bite stuff ran too long, but on second viewing, it didn't go as long as I thought it did. It, so it, I'm it, sure like, on second viewing, my yeah, the perception of time will change. Yeah, it's just like part of it is also like Dinklage's character gets introduced maybe like an hour into the movie. You've had like five battles already happen yeah. in that scope of time. You keep worrying that every five minutes something major is going to happen. So I yeah. think having those moments where there was still like a hectic situation and it was like an interesting situation to watch, but it wasn't the like everything is dangerous kind of issue. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much the scale of this massive third collaboration that breaks the foursome's winning streak as the expository A to B demands of the plot. Often it feels as though we're watching game pieces being moved across a board, a very large board. Which, they're talking about the Russos and Marcus and McFeely, by the way. Um, I mean, yeah, they, there's a lot of game pieces they're dealing with, and I'm sure once we... See, even now thinking about Ford, there's still so many new elements that are going to be brought even, in. Even as they took half the pieces off the board, we're not, like... Yeah. There's still more to be dealing with. Perhaps the that makes Infinity War more faithfully comic book-like than its predecessors. Oh, wait, you just jumped from, like, one bit to another. Because, yeah, he... Then, then another thing that he talks about as kind of a negative is that like this movie doesn't have the like hand-to-hand combat that um, Winter Soldier definitely does and Civil War does to an extent, even though the CGI in Civil War still like is shoddy in certain parts. But like they, their argument is like, oh, it's too much like space CGI and stuff, and it's not really as like doesn't have the same energy as like the winter soldier stuff which like duh but it doesn't need it like this the the way that the fight scenes were executed felt fitting and it felt i don't know like i would not have wanted a different director like a different director or set of directors to take this on because i don't think they would have been able to i think they learned a lot from civil war yeah because that was a that was like a good testing run of like how can you handle so many more characters than you're used to but like and so many different like sets of powers and stuff yeah like even having like like a plot thing to hold people back like having wanda it's like you watch after vision and shuri yeah and then writing having a way to write her out of the main battle and then bringing her in yeah towards the end of it It, it, yes it is like chess pieces but that's the point is like you're watching a game of chess like but and i think that the choreography and the way that everyone was used and the way that certain skill sets were 
exploited in ways that we haven't seen before, I really appreciated. Like, so even, like, for the most part, we haven't seen the most of the roster of the Avengers for the past, like, two years. And so seeing all of them fight again felt, like, new and fresh in a sort of way. And seeing Doctor Strange, who hasn't really, like, he had the one scene dicking around in Ragnarok, but he doesn't, he didn't really have much since his solo but like his choreography and his everything in this movie was perfect it was like i am wholeheartedly <laughs> like i i had so many reservations about mcu doctor strange and this movie erased like 99 percent of them yeah agreed this is where he really shines like uh, the choreography the personality how he plays off of everyone he feels so much more comfortable in the role and part of it is he's not bogged down by being the center of it, whereas in the solo yeah. it was like it was like him. He needs other people to work around because, like in his yeah. solo, he was the main focus, and it was the typical hero's journey. And like, also, and... like you have like he wasn't as mainstream of a character, and then you're yeah. filling his movie with really even less so supporting characters. So I think putting him in this sort of context where he's just bouncing off of people made him shine. I will agree with A.O. Dowd saying that uh, Evans and ScarJo were marginalized yes. a bit and Chadwick. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have more time to shine in four because it'll be all of their swans, swan Chadwick swans. won't. I Well, yeah. <laughs> but like as far as the original yeah, Avengers yeah. go, Steve and Matt, they'll and get like, their moments. They've said, like the Russes have said that the screen time will sort of balance out, which like on, on paper before this movie worried me because I was like, is Hawkeye at the fucking center <laughs> of Avengers 4? Because then theoretically that balances out. But like realistically, having seen this movie having ending it on tony and nebula still stuck on titan and then steve and everyone else stuck on earth i think steve is going to kind of be the one to bring the group together and help them figure out what to do next and in the process we'll get more of him than we did in this yeah. uh and then he goes on to say um dowd basically says uh, thanos has the appearance uh, of backstory uh, being that he wants to commit half genocide because overpopulation. <sighs> well, Which, no, no. Okay. It, let's see. He really does see his plan to thin half the herd as a righteous burden, the solution to overpopulation that only he has the will to enact. Which then bounces back to that line that you think should have maybe been in the movie, but wasn't. The, like... Fun isn't something one considers when yeah. balancing the universe. Because, like, I go back and forth now for the past day. I'm like, that would have been cool, but I think that it somewhat goes against what we're already... Maybe if it was early on in the movie. Yeah. Because, like, fuck yes, I finally get to get rid of the thorns in my side. Yeah. I've been there for the last six years. Yeah. Like, if that aspect of it would be kind of interesting. But... I, I don't know, because, like, it, the, the argument that Dowd makes is, like, in everything from appearance to backstory, Thanos is still a rather silly character, especially compared to the truly tragic and company best villain that Michael B. Jordan played in Black Panther. Which, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's two, it's different strokes. This, I will say, this <clears throat> this current phase has had the best villains in the MCU. Yes. Which the previous two phases didn't set the bar very high. The past high. year has had better villains yeah. than the entire MCU before yeah. it. Because, like, Ego and Vulture and Hela 
and Killmonger and Thanos. Yeah, the most we have di- had we have had five diverse and genuinely great villains the in the past year. The most standout, whereas developed, like almost yeah. every other villain in the previous movies has sucked ass. Other than Loki, and other than another villain who we can talk about because they play a role in this movie. Yes, <laughs> Red Skull. <laughs> Which, like, first of all, we should say it's not Hugo Weaving. It's, it's not Hugo Weaving. Props, Ross Marquand. Props to Ross Marquand for fucking knocking it out of the park. I am like one of the mo- things I'm most excited about to see this a second time is to like be aware of that fact because I thought it was just Hugo Weaving which like it makes sense realistically like oh we're in Atlanta do we pay a lot of money to bring Hugo Weaving here or do we get Ross who's shooting The Walking Dead like across the street Yeah and, just record it on your phone Ross send it over. Yeah but he was fucking perfect like in the use of him and the that was the biggest reaction in the theater that we saw it in That that one and, and Caps for Turn. And, and Thor. Thor. Thor was like the most cheering, but yeah. like I, th- like there was like an, a chorus of like gasping because that was Red the most. Skull. That was the least kind of telegraphed moment that we couldn't. We there was no indication of that happening unless yeah. you knew it was happening already. Like that was the most oh shit moment. Yeah, and like it was like in in a movie that's like oh shit moments built on top of each other. That was like a genuine yeah. surprise. Which, by the way. Thank you, Russos, for solving the Soul Stone mystery. We're done. We don't have to write any more think pieces about where it is. It's done. <laughs> it was on a planet that no one expected, and Red Skull was just, like, death-eatering it up in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. And the doubt he goes on to say... Um, uh, he's basically saying that, wasn't it fun seeing Thor blunder around and his buddy comedy basically saying it sounds like he 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 prefers the solos yeah he thinks everyone works better in their own context than they do but then it's also fun to see all of them cross over and meet that's the thing and that's the fun that we've got to this point where solos are fun but like part of the awesomeness of ragnarok and winter soldier is there these team-ups yeah they're these ensemble films yeah where you can have other Avengers or other characters in there, and it's not solely focused on the one. I, w- solos are done with. Even when you look at Warner Brothers, like, oh, we're going to do Birds of Prey and spin off of that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it the other way. It's like, do the team-ups first. Yeah. That's and like, what even, we like. Even, like, Black Panther, which is a, like... On paper, a solo, the supporting cast is the best supporting cast that the MCU yeah. ever had. So, like, they've realized this strength in all of the different characters that they bring into the mix. And it's, it's taken years to get there, but it feels so satisfying that we're there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I feel like this is just kind of, like, the the reward that we get for them getting to that point of being so much better with that is, like, seeing everyone who, on paper, would not be able... To interact with each other, seeing them all just share the scene together is like crazy. Yeah, and uh, he kind of finishes off saying that the the last act, the last few minutes, the payoff makes up for the crowdedness and the spectacle of it all. Um, yeah, it... it says the outs uh, Infinity's Infinity Wars outsized ambition really pays off with a daringly downbeaten blockbuster climax to rival Rogue One's an agonizing cliffhanger that would have capped plenty of Marvel crossover events in the 90s. Which, like, it did. The farm... Didn't you say the farm is in... Yeah, so with Thanos kind of chilling out at the farm, the little hut, that is the end 
of Infinity Gauntlet, he kind of it's like, well, in the book, he he loses. Yeah. And he just retires to a farm. There he is. Okay. And he makes a scarecrow out of his armor. Which I love. And that's in the movie. If you don't spot it, take a look again and you will find it. And it's kind of awesome. It, but he does kind of end the review, less can be more. But yeah. Also, but also, alternatively, if you cut characters out of this, people will be like, well, why wasn't this character? And we'll be like, do you want it completely overstuffed to the point of no one gets screen time or do we Hawkeye. want a manageable <clears throat> Hawkeye. I, I know you can rant about Hawkeye for 20 minutes <laughs> and then we'll get off the rails well no I just meant I, I meant that your visa. but I meant that in the case of the fan clamoring of like why isn't he in this movie like that's I, the thing it's it was like, only because he wasn't included in the marketing and so it kind of the internet blew if he had, the fuck and up. guess what he wasn't in the marketing because he wasn't in the movie but my like it's interesting because I'm trying to think of how to articulate it. Like, we said on our last episode that, like, one of our biggest worries was how many of the reviews would be, like, wish fulfillment versus actual criticism. Like, from a fan perspective and from a critic perspective. And I think that the reviews have an interesting relationship with it. But in terms of fan perspective, people seem to have gotten over their grievances. Like, there are people who are upset with certain things or, like, bitter that one thing played out differently, but for the most part, I haven't seen anyone be like, I don't like this movie because one thing did or did not happen. Yeah, it it, it wasn't a thing, like, I didn't enjoy this movie hinging on just one thing. Um, But one person who... Oh, uh, boy. (laughs) I just realized we have... I know, they're like A... A A Dowd and... A.O. Scott. A.O. Okay, so that was totally unintentional. We just picked, we picked these reviews because they had both completely different and interesting and weird perspectives from the rotten reviews. And this is from the New York Times. And it's Um, the headline, or the review is essentially, it's Marvel's world, we will just, we just live in it. I mean, they're not wrong. (laughs) But like, this is half a review and a half like a takedown. It, so I'm just going to skip to one thing in particular that really just kind of... Grinds your gears. It really just sets the tone and the mentality of this guy. Um, so he says, but if I mention which... Oh, super- no, wait, go click, go back a little okay, bit and so, get context. So, um, so this is after five paragraphs of ranting about the commercialization of superhero movies as a whole and the whole remember this is supposed to be a a review not an op-ed this takes we're like more than halfway through this review and he has not gotten to criticism any any critical analysis it is it's about the blockbuster system um (laughs) on that note (laughs) so he says reviewers who attend advanced screenings take a vow of silence about plot details that will widely uh, be known within a week uh and all forgotten a week after that government secrets are guarded with less care and requests from public officials to go off the record are addressed with more skepticism but if i mention which superhero dies or which one has an unexpected relationship with someone else well i wouldn't dream of it not because i'm afraid of disney executives it's the wrath of the (laughs) obedient weaponized minions i fear in other words you this is not a healthy situation the reasonable concern that major plot elements he he basically he's complaining about spoilers fans yeah he's complaining he's complaining about fans and the relationship with spoilers which i okay i am someone who deliberately shut off most of my social media for the week unless i work in a job where 
50% of my job this week was writing about this movie, but even then I deliberately did not click on anything or try to look at anything more than I absolutely needed to. But because I did not want to be spoiled. Because if I were to read something on a fucking Reddit thread or have someone DM it to me on Twitter or whatever, even just reading it would f would have me basically write whatever that moment is in my head and completely like go against whatever the intention of the you movie have the, is. You have some kind of preconceived notion with that expectation of this thing will happen or this thing will... And that was the thing. is like I trust the Russos. I trusted... The people that were involved with this movie, I've, I was willing to go in blind and just see what happened. And I think that is the mindset that people had with this, but this guy acts like that's a big insult. Yeah, all you have to do is add spoiler alert to your reviews. Well, and there are certain reviewers where people have said, like, don't check out, I can't remember, it was like some other outlet of this sort of variety where like they spoiled Yoda being in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like instantaneously and then everyone got really pissed. Because if, I, I didn't even, like we didn't read any reviews. We barely read any tweets like when the embargo lifted for that. But even then I was so worried about seeing too many adjectives about this movie because even then that would give me preconceived notions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this review, it's not really a review at all. Uh, he says the action is especially tedious and predictable. I mean, both of the scenes of fighting and flying and the overall rhythm of the first two hours or so. People talk for a while, sprinkling jokes and morsels of personality into the heavy dough of exposition. Then they fight in the usual way by throwing giant objects and one another and shooting waves of color from their hands. The noisy, bloated spectacles of combat were surely the most expensive parts of the movie, but the money seems less an imaginative tool than a substitute for genuine imagination. I don't agree. No. I don't agree. This is... A.O. Scott is... He... He... He, <laughs> he just doesn't like the genre. That's fine. You, you're allowed to not like this but don't come at the people who do people take these things seriously and don't want to spoil it and they want to generally enjoy it unlike you who that's fine that you don't it, well okay he does like there there are moments in his cynicism that i find kind of funny where he says to fulfill his evil plans thanos needs to collect the infinity stones which in spite of their awesome power look a lot like what you would find in the craft kit you have been meaning to regift since your kid's seventh birthday <laughs> i'm like i appreciate that just because it's ridiculous but yeah this guy just does not seem to and i don't know because uh, I think like if his review uh, was a an actual critique of the movie itself and not of the space around it I would be totally content with that you had an actual well, and, you had valid criticisms of the movie and things to say instead you're taking down the fans and the whole the blockbuster system and everything around it that's you're not reviewing the movie you're just being a shithead well and like that that's part of what frustrates me is that if you're going to do that you write a review and then you write a separate op-ed yeah yes one will get way less clicks than the other but trying to make both at the same time and then having being from an outlet that you know is going to put your review on Rotten Tomatoes and having you then be part of the criticism when all it is is you're sharing an op-ed people write op-eds all the time that shouldn't be like 
a make or break thing for a particular movie. Yeah. Like that shouldn't be held to the same sort of thing as like an official review. Yeah, it's but those lines are blurred. Um because no one really wants to read a a critical analysis of a film unless the writer is really good and can make it interesting. People want confirmation bias of this movie sucked or this movie was the best thing ever and no in between. And so like the confirmation bias for this movie or for this review is like if you're a person who just does not like the MCU on and, principle. And obviously we fucking dig Infinity War and it's not It's not okay. I, I, say, I say we're not doing a confirmation bias but it is but like we intentionally I, seek out negative reviews countering our views of the movie, but and, this and review, our reviews of the culture around yeah, it. But this review is not of the movie itself; it is of the culture around the movie, or of not even of that of the culture that he presumed would be around the movie. The one that he surrounds himself with, or just encounters, because he's. Is it shitty. really that? Is it really worth five hundred words to write about how it's an inconvenience to not put spoilers in your review, even though the movie comes out two days after your review? Yeah. It's, it's not it's worth maddening. it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But, yeah, and then... Um, but then he does say, let's see, the final act, including the post credit sting, bring a chill, a darkness, and a hush that represents something new in this universe. Infinity War is the first half, the final installment in the series, and it concludes with the premonition of finality. It's in intimations of grief and terror feel shrewdly attuned to what is happening in the actual unmarvelous world but those emotions can also be folded back into the movies itself the universe is coming to an end and then where will it be that's part of it okay so that last sentence he, he's belittling the significance of this movie but then at the end he just signified why people give a shit because people give a shit about this movie because the it's MCU has been their support system for 10 years. It's been, like, this reliability. Because at one point he says in this review that the MCU has become, like, a, a, just a fixture of life, like, what does he say? Like sex or the weather or capitalism itself. Yeah. And so if you're a fan who has this as a core part of their lives and then you're realizing that, oh, realistically a third of this cast is leaving by yeah. the end of four. That's jarring. That's a jarring thing, and it needs to be handled in a way that is, like, fun and enjoyable, but also gives it Has the... weight. Yeah, gives it the weight that it really needs. Yeah. So, well, which, which is crazy to me. It's crazy to me still how this movie plays out. Everyone I expected to die did not, really, for the most part. Other than, like, Loki and, like, the smaller people. yeah. I was 100% convinced that I was going to have to watch Steve Rogers die. In moments that he's in the movie, I like was like, okay, I'm emotion I'm like prepared to cry because mm -hmm. I'm worried that he's going to start dying any minute now. But like the way that even they took our expectations and like threw them out the window and created a completely different circumstance to build foreign is like really good. Yeah. The way they handled I just Ayo hey, oh, Scott. I just he's becoming my new Armand. <laughs> and like the, the does, crazy thing does is, the, is like does, does the A stand for Armand too? Ayo hey, oh, Scott? Is this is that just an Armand thing? No. Armand wrote for another outlet. He has another account. I know what you're up to, Armand. No. It like this this has some things in here that to an extent we have said on this podcast, but we have not said them in such a cynical, narcissistic sort of way. 
Like, the whole thing about, like, the confirmation <laughs> bias of the review culture and all that sort of stuff. What were you just laughing at? So A.O. Scott says, in somewhere in the middle of his rant, is, I'm not complaining, but rather pointing out how pointless, how silly it sounds when anyone bothers to venture a complaint. Who wants to be a hater? Still, it's worth noting that the ascendance Ascendance. Ascendance. It's Okay. The mic is kind of in the way. Sorry. It's, it's fine. Of Marvel and other not-quite-universal entities like it has narrowed the parameters of criticism. I'm supposed to tell you in this review how much fun you'll have at Infinity War. Yes, you will have some. Will you have enough? Almost. See, that's not... He's misconstruing his job. His job is not to tell us that we will have fun. Well, it's okay. To tell us... They think that it... Like, in some circles, you think that it is. It's gatekeeping. Yeah. It's the stupid gatekeeping that critics, and I'm doing air quotes, critics have taken upon themselves to deem, this is what you need to watch, this is what you should skip. No, your job is to give us an analysis of what worked, what didn't work uh, for the movie. Well, and like, he he says, like, after that, will you have a fun thing, he goes, but I've probably gone too far in trying to think about what it means. The Marvel movies and others of their kind often produce an illusion of um, profoundness, a slick, murky overlay of allegorical suggestiveness. This provides grist for the kind of think pieces that spar with another. Infinity War is liberal. No, wait, it's conservative. But don't you see that it's a protest against Trump? Actually, it's an t- attack on the tyranny of political correctness. Until they catalyze the inevitable anti- anti-intellectual backlash. It's just a movie. Don't spoil the fun. And then that goes into the whole spoiler bullshit. But see, that's... That that's whole... the role that genre movies have. And if you want to take that stuff away from the genre movie, you can. You could also add that layer in. It's up to the viewer. You don't decide if we want to take away any social, political relevance. It's what you take from it. That's stupid gatekeeping from critics. Look at the Star Wars movies. Look at not the recent Star Wars movies, because they're, they're a little more ambiguous i have seen in my life several trump memes that try to make trump seem like a star wars hero and it makes me want to vomit but like there there are clear things in the prequels and in the original trilogy where george lucas is trying to say something political or say it without really saying it and so that sort of projection has become a more common sort of thing and of course like i feel like this movie has so much going on to it and like you can you can say that with other marvel movies too the like political overtones of it really any franchise movie yeah hell like lord of the rings yeah um what's his name tolkien Uh uh-huh it it was like a thing against industrialization and like the modernization it was like no i like nature and trees (laughs) like every yeah every movie has these undertones into it that people are going to get or they're not going to get you can't really criticize (laughs) you can't yeah you can't criticize this movie for trying to have a message whether it's over or not well, and, like, you can't under... Like, you can't criticize the fans for taking away what they want to take away. Because that's how they read the movie. It's... Like, I'm not going to read a book and tell you how I... What I take away from it. And it's like, oh, no, you're wrong. Your interpretation is wrong. It's an interpretation. It's... Not to go back to BVS, but, like, play the drinking game. We're talking about BVS. BVS is almost like an ancient text, in a way, to the point Zach where... Zack Snyder, our lord and savior, still giving us bits and pieces <laughs> of like, the symbolism everyone, on Hero. Everyone is... Not even that. 
before the Vero part post started getting to be more prevalent, like people were coming away with completely different readings of this movie the more time that they passed. And like the the more that they were looking for certain things, they would find it and it would give a completely different outlook. And I feel like Infinity War is the closest that we've gotten on a Marvel side to that happening. Where like yeah. I feel like this is a movie part of it is the density of it all, but I feel like people will walk away from it and the conversation around it will evolve a lot into ways that we don't really know, but I'm excited well, to see, think, like, what I, it is. I think a lot of that will hinge on part four. Yeah, like, you, you were saying that to me this morning. You were like, like a, a part four could make you love or hate this movie. It's so, unlike any other Marvel movie, It like you were saying, this is the Empire, and part four will improve this or make it worse, depending on the... The payoff. We're adding dancing teddy bears. Oh god! Yeah, but it's going. It's going to be a three-hour payoff for this movie. And for the past ten years. Yeah. So no pressure, Russos. <sighs> they know the pressure. <laughs> That's why they block shot this. Honestly, they they put themselves in such a good position by block shooting block shooting these two movies together because I think if you had made three and listened to any of the fan response around three and then made four, you would there would be some missteps. But like making them in a vacuum, sort of. And, like, they, they can still edit for to kind of play off of what people responded to in 3. But I think mm. for the most part, they're t- they know what story they are wanting to tell. It's just a matter of how it is shown to us. Which, join us in a year to find out. But a year and a week. <laughs> yeah. Now we move over to birth, movies, death. This is our positive review. Surprisingly from this outlet, um, <laughs> considering who's come from it. Anyways, Dave Schilling... Uh, he has good things to say. He says, it's here and it's great. It's everything you wanted and more. <laughs> it, so for the record, we haven't read through this review beforehand. We just like picked one and started recording. He starts off, I felt like Thanos before. Uh, wow, Dave Schilling, you want to commit genocide? No, he says, <laughs> no, then he says, okay, maybe not the single-minded megalomania and the unbridled fascism or the rippling fuchsia muscles, but I've definitely wanted some space in my life. The subway trains are too crowded, traffic is too intense, line for restaurants are too long, the hassles of everyday life can be overwhelming, and maybe I've fantasized about snapping my fingers and making everyone around me disappear. I've just never done anything about it, and thank God for that. Also, how long does it take until we get the Dwight quote from the office <laughs> we need another plague there's too many people we need another plague that is already photoshopped on like thanos's face on uh, dwight was trying to get into the black order <laughs> no what would his black order like emo name be well he has a black belt so that's his way in <laughs> i'm like does he have like a fake name in the office that would work as his like shitty black order name <sighs> just dwight k schrute him and Moe's just on the beet farm, just trying. He's practicing karate. Nice. Yeah. It. Uh, Infinity War is about someone who is happy to burn the universe to ashes in order to find a little peace and quiet. It's about other things, too, particularly bands of wisecracking heroes, audiences that have come to adore. Still, the core of this movie is a surprisingly layered journey of a corrupt, evil man with the end goal that most of us can relate to. Marvel has never been particularly interested in its villains before. Killmonger from Black Panther and Loki have been the noticeable deviations from this trope, but Thanos is even different from these characters thanks to Josh Brolin's performance. Which I totally agree. I He's gotten more development in one movie than any villain has in there in, in one individual movie. I was wonder I was worried going in because like it's been since the first Avengers movie, right? Since yeah. we like since that first post credit scene that like we have known Thanos would be coming and 
even as people kind of had a perception of what he was going to be like, I think the way that he was handled was so much more nuanced in a way that was really compelling. Like, they, they kept saying they wanted to make him into Darth Vader, and I think they honestly succeeded. Because, like, if you're a little kid watching this movie, and or you're an adult watching this movie, there are parts of this where it's like, you you're terrified by what he's doing but like you get you the get tragedy it. behind it a little bit yeah yeah the he's the most like he's sympathetic he's, outside of yeah recent loki and killmonger yeah but like even recent loki has been like a sidekick he hasn't even really been like a villain that's true he's just like causing shit but like even then like there's still like moments where i'm like okay thanos is obviously an abusive asshole and like that is the reading of certain scenes i think zoe saldana like deserves so much praise because she fucking nails it in this movie but like you it, it's it catches you off guard in this really interesting way how much thanos has to him which is like where was this before exactly he was the most ineffective shitty villain <laughs> up until this movie he did absolutely nothing he contributed nothing other than a presence but now that presence has kind of paid off, now that he's been made menacing and sympathetic and I a good think, villain. I think that they've benefited from having 10 years of trial and error. They've had 10 years to realize that their villains sucked. They've had 10 years to realize what worked in terms of bringing certain characters together. And they've gotten the tone down so well in so many different ways over the past year or so of the MCU. And this feels like the perfect step, like stepping stone of that. Mm -hmm broken record time it's almost like having clear creative voices behind a thing <laughs> blends you know better results but you know uh david Schelling also says infinity war moves briskly uh but it's confident enough to luxuriate in the pleasures of getting all these heroes together in one room to exchange witty banter uh every introduction every joke every heartfelt soliloquy matters because the audience has been on this unprecedented journey every step of the way uh which is what we said before were we talked about earlier it's there's not a lot of breathing room but everything matters like i said there's not apart from thor's little journey there's not a lot of fat to trim yeah every scene has some importance or something that matters to the greater part exactly and like yeah and <clears throat> the care like that like he says the character interactions feel so earned because of all of the solos we've sat through of like all of the moments where it was like, okay, we're sitting through Dr. Strange and we know he's going to like meet the Avengers eventually. Or like, we know that like, I don't know, the guardians are eventually going to meet other characters yeah. that aren't just themselves. And I think that like it benefits from that, but it doesn't, that's not the shtick of this movie. It's an element of this movie, but it's not just like, hey hey look like we put all these people in a room together isn't this fun like yeah. they use it to tell a really good story yeah they do it's the russos and i'm forgetting the right marcus and mcfeely yeah they've done a great job of balancing it. and like we were saying i think they learned from civil war how to balance all the pieces give everyone a moment even if it's a small one give everyone a voice 
Yeah. Like, and we, we realized well, as we were eating lunch today, Marcus and McFeely did touch-ups on the original Guardian script. So, like, that explains how... Because, like, I was hesitant going into this, even as, like, Batista and James Gunn and all of them were like, yeah, they're handling the Guardians well. I was like, are they, though? And I was... It, it felt so thematically... Like, granted, you have the task of, like, jumping the Guardians two years in, ahead in time mm-hmm. from where we saw them last, but, like, it was done in this way that didn't feel wrong or, like, they were different characters it felt like natural evolutions for all of them to go on they were a cohesive family unit yeah which is like what we kind of started seeing at the end of volume two but then like we really we didn't have to go through all the growing pains of that we just like saw it as close to realized given the situation as possible i so this is the other side of the aisle from the last review because uh, this guy gets it. Yeah. For a portion of the audience, no amount of logic or reason will be able to dislodge them from their sorrow. No one can tell you that it'll all be okay. That's because you care. They made you care. And that's it. He, he fucking gets it. Yeah. He says the unforgettable, unforgettable performances of all of the actors and the rest of the massive cast of superheroes allowed you to believe to invest and to follow them through this cruel endgame. You might feel like Thanos, blah, 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 but no point during Infinity War will you wish to thin out this overstuffed movie, and I'm confident in saying that this is the best Marvel film ever, the most complete, the most emotional, and the most thrilling. The magic of Marvel is that making each of these films feel like a homecoming, a high school reunion, and a holiday gathering all at once. I don't... I need more viewings to say it is... I see a lot of people already saying this is the best MCU movie or, okay, so here's, or superhero here's, movie. I, I can't, I can never declare best, that. This is the best ensemble Avengers movie. It's the best Avengers movie. I can definitively say that. It is, sure. no, I know. There are solos that I will always like better, but even then with those solos, part of it is... Well, in terms, of, in terms of MCU, I've already seen people saying this is the best movie after one viewing. I need to see it at least two more times. <laughs> Yeah. to digest it all yeah because still winter soldier is my favorite yeah like winter soldier will is very hard to beat for me and i don't think this beats it but this was even how how many years of build-up we had th- for this movie and how worried i occasionally got about how it would be executed this met and or somewhat exceeded like it wasn't okay it wasn't this circumstance where it was like uh, th- my mind is completely blown. I wasn't expecting any of this. That's blah, blah, the blah, thing blah, too, because we're so early in. Like it's not even been out for a day, and yeah. everyone's hyped as hell about it. So you're surrounded by this positivity for it. Except if you go on AV Club and New York Times. <laughs> so it's just kind of this, again, kind of a confirmation bias. And it's like, holy shit, everyone else loved it, so I loved it too. I'm not well, saying okay, that and happens. Here's, with here's this. my thing. I don't think the confirm like. People who take the confirmation bias too seriously are not confident in their own abilities and in their own takeaways as a fan. You can watch this movie and still not think it's a perfect movie. I am, like, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it is a pretty good movie. I, I, like you said, I need to see it more to really kind of judge it as this whole instead Mm -hmm. of just, like, parts where I'm consistently worried that people are going to die. But that's a weird thing, too, because... You have to, there's a couple ways to look at it and review it as one singular movie yeah. or as part of a larger thing, the MCU. Which is like what the New York Times and all of them kind of yeah. did, was like reviewing it as a part of the whole and like, yeah. but even that like, I don't know, 
it's just so weird and it's so fascinating and it's still surreal to me that this movie is out and like i i'm pleased with what happened and I'm pleased with the, I'm very pleased with the movie that we got. But I also think that the confirmation bias for me does not really matter. You're allowed to like this movie. You're allowed to not like this movie. It's just yeah. like, it's not going to be, I have yet to see someone really say this is like a massive letdown because there's so much I going think, on. I think it's still way early for that. Yeah. I, f I feel like there's so much going on to where even if there are people who think, because like we were both looking at like Reddit threads for this movie earlier today. And like, even if there are people who think that, oh, I'm disappointed because like this character didn't get the storyline they wanted, or I thought Thanos was going to kill this person and they didn't, there's still more positives going on to where you, you walk away and you focus on the positives. You don't walk away and you're like, I hated the, this one particular moment. Yeah, looking back, there's there's so many positives and good things about this movie. Granted, we were talking earlier, we think, looking back, the trailers give away too much. Yes. <laughs> the trailers, because we thought, it's like, the Russo says, oh, it's only five minutes, but you showed five minutes of important moments. You showed five minutes of one-second scenes to where people could piece together what was going on. Like, we were, the fandom was able to piece together a outline a consistent enough chrono. outline yeah. i and think i wasn't expecting the jumping back and forth like the amount of it that we yeah. got i thought it would be contained enough to where it's like here's 15 minutes on titan here's 20 minutes on blah 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 yeah. and then we'll never go to titan again or we'll never go to blah 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 but yeah. like they kept bouncing back and forth enough to where it felt like like you you kept the unexpected factor up a little bit but even then there are moments where i'm like even like the big one for me is cap and thanos if you had taken that out of the trailer and i had seen that for the first time in the theater i would have been fucking terrified and i would have loved every minute of that yeah but like seeing it in the trailer didn't cheapen it but it was like we knew it was coming yeah it played on the emotions like of like the whole scene of Steve, Nat, and Sam returning. Was like, all in spots and trailers. We knew when that was going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this set looks familiar because this is where they come back. And it's like, I hope when 4 comes around... That they're as ambiguous as possible. Yeah, they have to be. I don't want the same level of marketing. It's like, you already made a gajillion dollars off of this. You literally... The trailer could just be... The title card. We'll go see it. We'll I was telling tickets. you. I was telling you. Orphan Black did a thing in its final season that made me lose my shit. They did a promo for an episode where it was just audio with like text over it and was no video whatsoever. And you could tell that something big was going to happen, but you couldn't tell what. You almost could do that with four. You could just get like vignettes of like Tony saying a line, blah blah blah, Steve saying a line, screaming, like add all this shit together to where I, we, we don't know what to visually expect but we can hear something. So rolling back the clock to the <laughs> summer of 2007, <laughs> the, the very first teaser trailer for The Dark Knight mm -hmm. was just that. It was a, it was black screen mm -hmm. with lines being said with light coming out and forming the bat logo and it <sighs> and it it broke apart into joker cards and that was it or like even it was super effective and simple and it sold me on the movie then it's like 
I don't really need anything else. Some, one of my favorite nerd moments that also makes me sad at the same time was the San Diego review for BBS. It was when they like brought the voice actor guy out there and he read the yeah. the monologue from Dark Knight Returns and then it just like slowly fades into the logo of both of the logos yeah. over each other. And the screaming and genuine <laughs> shock that you hear from everyone in there like still gives me goosebumps. It's like fucking insane. And I feel like they have the opportunity to do that with this and not give nearly anything away. I wish we still have that level of subtlety throughout the whole entire marketing campaign. Because, like, there were, there were like, one too many TV spots. There were too many. And, it's like... It's like, which I don't understand because this is the biggest movie. It outsold the last seven Marvel movies in pre-sales. Like, we're all going to see it. Everyone's sold on it. You really don't need to you work can, hard. You can very easily... Save money on the marketing. Run the same three TV spots over and over again. Like, phase them in. You don't play them all at once. But, like, yeah. you, you you release one, you air it for, like, a couple weeks, you start airing another one, and so on and so forth. You don't start, like, debuting clips and other TV spots and yeah. having a same TV spot, but there's one new second of footage. Because that always pissed me off if I was watching one that I thought I recognized and then there would be something new and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. no. Like, that's my one complaint is that they almost... Because yeah, it... it... It's obviously not for us. It's for general audiences. But, like, the general audiences don't need to see all of the cards laid out. Exactly. Like, that's not going to make them understand the comic bookness of it all. But then, again, it's... We're ten years into this. You know if you're going to see it or not. Exactly. So, don't... They're not going to... Yeah, they're not going to win over people that... If you're not on board now, you know... Like, realistically, over the past ten years, it's what I said towards the beginning. If you gave a shit about one of the characters in this f entire franchise, you would check out this movie. And so they did not need to overextend their marketing campaign, and I'm really hoping that 4, like, scales it the fuck yeah, back. Yeah, I hope it has more restraint. Cause, and, like, I think they're starting to show that by, like, not being at San Diego to do a whole big panel and not being at D23, because there isn't one this year. Like, they're... They're kind of, they're letting this movie sit and... They're giving it the weight and time it deserves to sink in and to, for the audiences to absorb it. And to process it as much as they need to, and then they'll start letting us know what to expect in, in four. But even then, I do not want them to overextend what they're doing. Because, like... Otherwise... But then I know there's someone screaming at their the listening device right now it's like you don't have to fucking watch it and it's like <laughs> but we're, we're, we're you also get so in, you get in inundated, inundated with it that's like, it too i have to cover tv shows for my job where the tv <laughs> the tv spots would air during my job yeah. and i'm like well i can't look away now like yeah. fuck so it it's a double-edged sword i know i could if i really wanted to i could just stop but my point is is even for general even for general audiences or like middle of the road audiences who kind of care but not really like seeing so much of the movie kind of telegraphed in tv spots is both a blessing and a curse yeah i feel like then i'll just take a poll of general audiences like has a tv spot ever sold you on a movie and they'll be like what's a tv spot <laughs> like okay and 
Was there this anything else from well, this? Well, no, that was what I was looking at. Uh, this one bit says, Infinity War, blah, 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 blah. The action is brutal in most places, and the design is otherworldly and haunting. The stakes are real. Most Marvel films are, in some way, about the end of the world. This movie feels like it really is. That's true. Like, all the blue light in the sky bullshit. Like, we've gone Finally past done that. With that trope. Like, and then it says, but it's not a depressing film, at least for those who have seen a superhero movie before. It's hard, blah, 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 blah. Um... <sighs> A world in which the last scene of Avengers 4 is Thanos drinking a pina colada on an empty beach while a cadre of minions rub his feet is simply not feasible. That does not mean that this movie isn't a gut punch at times. It just won't leave you feeling like you've been cold cocked by an Infinity Gauntlet. That is true. I was so worried that this movie was going to be more brutal than it was. Yeah. Which is, I say that as like a kid brutally dies and like everyone fades from existence and the villain in the first Avengers gets his neck snapped and you see his eyes pop out but like even then i expected so much worse yeah like the yeah there's one death air quotes death in particular that is sad but it's like they're all emotional but it's also like we know they're gonna come back yeah we know even look that's what's crazy to me is that but but then that adds to the sticks of four is like whoever dies in this one it's going to stick yeah but like and it's, it's crazy to me that the death that is the most impactful is Peter, who has already confirmed a sequel. <laughs> like, yeah. like, just the... Well, because it, Tom it was, Holland it was plays the most it emotional. so damn well. Yeah. And because Spidey has a Spidey sense, so he, like, can feel what's going on, whereas everyone else just kind of stood there and faded away. Yeah. But, like, it's just little moments like that, and it's, like, we know Gamora's coming back because, realistically, James Gunn is not gonna let you kill off a Guardian when he still has the third act of his trilogy to tell. But, like, you get that like that whole sequence and her whole performance in the movie fucked me up and like just so many little moments of that made this still feel like a gut punch but I wasn't like it wasn't brutal I expected some brutal like Captain America gets killed and then this person gets killed and then like just one and one by one by one and we kind of got that but with them just being injured it was and like fighting him Thanos fighting them off with the stones and not just like I'm just gonna shove you over in the corner and kill you which is what I had expected I expected some big brutal like I say that now, I'm like, I just remember Tony gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> but then they retcon it. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter. He patches himself up because, of course, he does. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, so that's David Schilling's review. I, I, I think it's a good... It, it gets it. And especially considering the... It, it's weird that we found reviews that counteract each other in a really nice way when there's yeah. like 200-something we could have picked from. There are too many. I'm going to go back to the page, refresh it, see if there are any more. Um, three two, more. Three more. Three more, and one more rotten was added in the time that it has taken for us to record this hour-long podcast. And that's why I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes when they announce their tomato meter score. It's and that's the thing. This movie didn't need it. This movie didn't need that big no. reveal. It it didn't. I think no. it, that that element of it totally was a confirmation bias. But it's because of the f- culture of film criticism has made it be that. We put too much importance on arbitrary numbers. Yeah, but even then, I don't know. I'm tr- trying to think of what else we need to say about the movie. We've said a lot about, like, the fandom and, like, the I overall what it. it means. But, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what we're missing from the movie. I think we've covered everything. Are you sure? 
I almost I mean, feel like a lot I almost feel like we need to like record a second episode when we see it a second time. Well, yeah, we could do that, but I think we've covered a lot of grounds. Yeah, and I think that it's just such a fascinating thing. It's like we've been here. I went in with no expectations, and I'm we we've been building up for this for so long that I did have expectations in the back of my mind, and the smooth sailing into the payoff that we got I didn't expect like I don't know it's not a perfect movie but I'm pretty darn happy with what we got me and I'm happy about the fact that I'm happy I'm happy (laughs) that it's not just like this movie called my faves I don't know how to feel about it love like I'm happy that we'll just wait for part four yeah I know I know I know I get to live the next (laughs) year in a week with Steve Rogers still being alive even as Bucky died in front of him, which I'm still distraught about. But, like, the overall, like, as intense as this movie is, it wasn't, like, the Red Wedding where all of a sudden, like, you just feel unwell about what you just saw. Yeah. Like, it was handled in this way that, like, made sense on, like, a general audience scale. Yes. Because, like, children are watching these movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a little much to have Thanos squish everyone's head. Yeah. (laughs) Even though he can. He can. He kind of did with He chose not to. Yeah. It's just... It's so... This movie is so crazy. It's so crazy that this movie is here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you on social media? At the Chris Vito. Where can they find you? At Hey, it's Jenilyn. You can find us on Twitter. Tomato, tomato, pie. I was like, email and all the other things. And then you, like, spread it already. But yeah, Twitter, email, Facebook, but fuck Facebook. Um, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. Leave iTunes reviews. Please leave. Please leave reviews. Please. And subscribe. Share it. Listen. That's more important. (laughs) Tweet at us. Like, let us know what you think. All of that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Um, That's it. That's it. All right. Until next time, keep watching movies. Except Thor The Dark World. (laughs) Bye.